Welcome to the Political Podcast. Today's topic of discussion is ISO. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to the first Political Podcast of 2014 to 2015. We are very thrilled to have um, a new staff on board, and we're thrilled to have this first sort of group podcast on the website. So, um, I guess we could first go around and just introduce ourselves. The whole panel will be speaking, quite a big group, but uh, anyways, I'm June. I'm Jacob. I'm Marina. I'm Emma. I'm Sydney. I'm Isabel. I'm Ruby. I'm Jerry. I'm Bronston. I'm Marta. And I'm Ian. I'm Victoria. Yep, and yeah, and today's topic is something that's been um, on everyone's minds of late. Um, if you've been following the news at all, you've probably had at least limited contact to a group that is called ISIS, or alternatively ISIL, or some people call it just the IS. Um, basically stands for the Islamic State. It is a, um, it is a radical um, terrorist organization that um, basically is trying to establish a caliphate in the Middle East. And in doing so, um, many believe, especially in the United States, that it is hurting the interests of, uh, and the, the national security of many Western powers. Um, so today we're going to be talking a lot about uh, ISIS, its role, its future, and what the United States should or should not do in response to some of the threats or actions that they've been taking. So if anyone wants to open up with the point they'd like to make. Well, I would say, um, to start off, I don't know if we would want to really call them a terrorist organization necessarily. Yeah. Because to me, they seem to be much more, they're, they're building a state, um, and quite effectively. Terrorism is usually defined as political acts of violence against civilians, and this seems to be more just Conquering. I mean, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, but I think it's fair to sort of make the comparison um, between ISIS or ISIL and Hamas, um, which which are legitimate governments, uh, just yeah. of the far right wing. Mm -hmm. um, I think, and I, I, th I think that Isabel makes it an important delineation between the two. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, and obviously, I think that in many ways, I guess the terrorist label that's often associated, especially in American media, might be considered to be misleading in that regard. Um, so, um, yeah, any, anyone else have any other um, points they'd like to make, just starting off about ISIS? Um, also, would you consider there um, being a genocide going on in Syria right now and Iraq because of the amount of stores in American media, media at least, and mm -hmm. the American media isn't always the best source yeah. probably. But about how the ISIS has been driving out groups of Christians in Iraq and stuff like that, yeah. and so and the and the Kurds as well, and so kind of would you consider that a genocide on the part on the part of ISIS? That's an important point, actually. Like um, studies by groups such as Amnesty International have actually found that ISIS has um, been engaging in grave human rights violations. So does anyone want to speak about perhaps I, um, perhaps that aspect of ISIS? Want some details? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, okay. So. Pretty sure the beheading is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty much a big human rights violation. Generally speaking, we don't think of that as very good. Last week, ISIL had set off a bomb in a market that killed 12 people, and they 
have, and I quote, uh, I don't quote, <laughs> they have participated in sexual exploitation and sale of hundreds of women and girls in areas captured by the militant group. They've killed many um, female politicians and service workers in the Middle East, and so it's certainly more. And they've also killed those four Western journalists, right? Yeah. Is it four now? It's two Americans and two, two British. Two British journalists, I believe, yeah. yeah. At the same time, though, you do have to wonder what makes ISIS so different, because there are grave human rights violations going on all over the world. It's true. There's sales of women going on all over the world. And why is it that we're now targeted, or not, I mean, I don't mean that we are unfairly targeting them, but I'm just saying what is different about what's going on in Iraq and Syria from, why are, why are we thinking about intervening now when we weren't intervening before in Syria, when there were also grave and acknowledged human rights violations going on, and yet we said that we needed to stay out. Let's, I, no, go ahead. Let, let, let's call a spade a spade and say that this is all coming through the lens of the American media. This is another opportunity. I mean, we could, we we had, I mean, we had a ten-year war in, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. In, 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 in Afghanistan. I mean, of course, we had um, Operation Desert Storm in 1994. This this is just another opportunity to become engaged in an area of the world that has a lot of American interests and. It's feeding. Um, I, I think. I think it's feeding a justification for behavior that really. I mean, one would be remiss not to comment on the fact that there's a lot going on that the United States has to worry about in that area beyond the human rights um, aspect of it. I think at the same time, though, a major, major part of this is how um, how the beheading was was filmed and yeah. put online, yeah. and that. The fact that there was this thing that was going around, and of course everyone was talking about it, but at the same time they said, "Don't watch it." They said, "This U.S. said, don't watch it. Don't give these people any, any like support. justification, yeah. any support." And in doing so, saying, "Don't watch it," made a lot of people watch it. Yeah. And once that went well, they started doing others. And I think this, unfortunately, like what you're saying, Isabel, is that of course this is going on all the, all over the place, and it's so upsetting to me that. Unfortunately, we we don't know about that because it's not it's, the media is just not covering it. Um, it's more behind closed doors, and that in the ISIS ISIL is is making this incredibly public right now, and they're doing it. I think they're like phenomenally the way they're getting portrayed. And the media is making them incredibly famous incredibly quickly. Yeah, I think it also kind of goes back to something that Isabel was saying earlier, um, and Jacob as well, that um, this ISIL is, you know, it is a state. I think that that kind of changes perhaps some of the reaction that the United States has towards them because human rights violations happen all the time in many different groups, but ISIS is um, actually trying to create a tangible country. In, in, um, and I think that's a big distinction. And yeah, like Victoria said, ISIS has been extremely effective in their use of social media. They have, um, I believe, um, dozens of propaganda Twitter accounts. They've done hashtag campaigns. They are, you know, to put it bluntly, I'd say the most tech-savvy threat to national security that we've had in a very long time, um, at least from, coming from the Middle East. And I think that um, the amount of public attention that ISIS has gotten, really, I think a lot of it has to do with the amount of influence that they've had on the internet. Well, 
Well, I actually have two questions there. Well, one, do you think it has anything to do with, well, we've had lots of states in the Middle East that are have lots of human rights violations, um, but I think what's different is they tend to be secular dictators who are causing these. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that people are reacting so strongly is that it is, it is coming from an Islamic source? Do you think rather than it being Mubarak, the fact that it is an Islamic state, Americans can get behind getting involved? So we're going to start with Jacob. Go. Oh, um, so can you repeat your question? I'm not. So All right. Smart. So my question was: um, We've had a lot of states in the Middle East that have violated some pretty major human rights, but most of them were done by American-installed secular dictators, and we did nothing about it. So do we think that the fact that the United States is responding to ISIS has anything to do with the fact that they are an Islamist group? Um, I think. It most certainly does have something to do with the fact that ISIS is an Islamic group. Um, generally speaking, I think it's safe to say that, that, that a large portion of the American populace that takes issue with ISIS um, and its behavior does so largely due to its Islamic um, background or, or, or belief system. Um, you know, I think, is that a function of, of just blatant ignorance? Perhaps. Um, and by perhaps, I mean yes. But, um, <laughs> We can, if you know, the government can still garner the consent of the government, then that's sort of they're doing their job. Okay, so I guess our last point before we wrap up in what has been a very, very interesting discussion um, is whether or not ISIS is an isolated incident that we have to treat differently, or whether it's simply building upon you know the the history, the long history of unrest in the Middle Eastern region and unrest with terrorist groups that America has faced throughout its entire history, really. Is ISIS breaking the trend from groups like the Taliban or Al-Qaeda? Um, I think that, I think ISIS is definitely breaking the trend in some ways because they're trying to make a state. And I don't know, you need to correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the Taliban or the Al-Qaeda really wanted to create a caliphate in the Middle East. They wanted to take over maybe a specific country, but they never wanted to create a caliphate like the whole Middle East. Um, and so I think ISIS is different, and the U.S. needs to learn from its techniques um, that it used in, Iraq and in Afghanistan beforehand, and not necessarily m improve those techniques, but learn, see what they can take from that, those techniques that worked, and uh, combine them with new ideas. Yeah, so I, don't, I think if they were looking to follow a trend, it's, it's suicide for them. They understand that if they follow the trend, it's not going to end up well for them. They're, I believe, I agree with you, they're looking for a new strategy, but essentially, I believe they have the same goal. Yeah, well, so I think that's a great place to end this discussion. Um, I believe that, you know, we've all come to, a, I'd say, a better, um, a, maybe just a better understanding of, of what ISIS is, its identity, although I think we've kind of, disagreed on, I guess, the slightly over the immediacy of the threats that it poses and how strong the um, response should be. But I think what we can all agree on in the end is that ISIS is definitely a bit of an anomaly in terms of what it's been doing and the fact that it's, it's creating a state. I think that's an important distinction that we made throughout this discussion. And so I guess now just it's up to see what course of action the world community chooses to take. Absolutely.